Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. Welcome to Michelle Live. I'm Dr. Joe Bean. This is our Facebook Live program, also live on Blog Talk Radio, so that you can call in and talk to us and ask questions, do everything we can to respond to those questions as the best we can. You can ask about anything about relationships that you wish. Now, admittedly, most of the calls we get are about marriage and some, some kind of a problem going on, and we're happy to talk about those if you wish. But we also will ask you and answer questions for you about things having to do with relationships in general. Now, this is Amber Nickel. Amber is one of our client representatives. Why don't you tell them what a client representative does? Well, um, we will be um, the second person of contact once you reach out to Mary Tolt. A lot of you kind of reach the front office, and um, we will get in contact with you first initially to find out about their situation. Um, if we don't know the background, we don't know how to help. Okay. Um, and from there, we get you to the right resources and, and things from, and, and so on. Um, personally, if for those who are watching, um, before I ever came on staff here, I was actually a client of Mary Tolver. Um, and my husband and I went through the workshop several years ago. So now I'm on the other side of it. It's on the other so. side of it. And so Amber is not like a hotline where you call in and she solves your problems for you. You are more like a triage person. Did you say that right? Yes. So that what happens is if you call, and we have uh, several client representatives, Amber is one, of course, and been with us uh, quite a while now, actually. Yeah, three years. Three years. And if you call in and you get Amber or one of the other client representatives, they listen, they try to understand, and then they guide you to the right resource that we have. So they're not hotline counselors. That's not what they are. They're people who try to understand your situation and get you to the help, whatever help we can offer. Is that Absolutely. Sounds <laughs> up beautiful. Okay, we've got some calls coming in from around the country, around America, and sometimes, Amber, they come from around the world. So really what I want to do right now is talk about one thing, though, that I've been seeing in our Facebook groups that uh, – let's see if we can make some sense out of this. I saw a lady post uh, in one of our Facebook groups just the other day, and she said um, – my husband has been in limerence. Now, if you have been paying any attention to us and what we do at all for any length of time, you know that limerence is a word that we talk about that has to do with this intense, very intense emotional connection to another person that's strongly emotional, somewhat overpowering. It has similarities to addiction, although limerence is not an addiction per se. It also has similarities to obsessive compulsive disorder, although it's not an obsessive compulsive disorder per se. And if you want to go onto our various web pages, or go to marriagehelperforexample.com, you can find a lot of information there or go to Spreaker, S-P-R-E-A-K-R, uh, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com, and you can look for Marriage Radio or Marriage Helper, I should say there, and you can find a lot about it. And so it's a kind of love, and I'm not going into a great deal of detail right now, but a kind of love. And so when people say it's not love, respond, well, actually it is a kind of love. There are several different kinds of love. 
and this is one of them. Now, one thing about this one, it is relatively short-lived. What that means is that it's going to go away. Uh, it's going to either turn into something else or end altogether. And so when I see somebody Amber saying something such as, well, maybe the limerence is going to win this become real love. Understand that in social sciences, we don't talk about real love because real love or true love is basically whatever a person feels at the moment. Limerence is real. Therefore, limerence is a real love. So it's passionate love. So it's uh, empty love. There's actually kind of love we can measure called empty love. It's a real love, too. And I think typically what people refer to when they ask that question is something like this. Is it possible that my spouse has moved from that more intense version, this called limerence, that eventually is going to fade and turned into some other kind of love? Well, that can happen. It's not typical, but it can happen. But to say, well, maybe it's not limerence anymore. It's real love. I think it would be better if you try to avoid that kind of language. Because when you say real love, what you're programming brain to think is this is something now that's permanent, long lasting, going to be there forever. And, and you start getting some uh, misconceptions probably in all likelihood about what that is and what it's going to be in the future. And so just understand that emotions can change, but we never talk about, do we, that you move from limerence to real love because that can be misleading. You think? Absolutely. And <laughs> I think I probably initially when my husband and I were going through this, I think mm -hmm. I, I, started thinking, okay, well, maybe what he had was real. I mean, I, of course, I thought it was initially, but maybe this is who he's become and, and what he's attracted to now. But thankfully, I, you know, I learned otherwise, but it, it took a while. I mean, it's, it's hard to accept, you know, your new situation. Yeah, it, it can be so very tough. Now, I think you had a caller already from Canada. Is that correct? I did. Um, we have Sharon from Canada. She is asking, how does the Valley work um, and how long does it last? Hey, Sharon, can you hear us okay? Yes, I can. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. So, so are you also listening on your computer, Sharon? I, I've turned it off. Oh, good, because that echo was, gonna, <laughs> was getting me confused already. How may we help you today? Um, so I've, my husband and I have separated since December 2017. Uh, we work together, so we still talk every day. We run a small business together. We have a special needs child. Um, you know, he comes to me quite frequently with problems. Um, I've been following the Marriage Helper Pro course, and I've been taking coaching through Jared. Um, and I'm mm -hmm. Jared and I discussed that I was in the valley or that he felt our situation was in the valley. And I was just trying to get some more details on, I guess, you know, exactly how does the valley work? How long does it last? Is there any signs that I can watch for to know that the valley is changing? Mm-hmm. Okay, those are all good questions, and I'm sure that Jared is doing a good job helping because Jared really understands things and works really well. Let me just give you the, the brief version. Am I, are, you, are you hearing an echo? I'm hearing an echo as well, Sharon. And it's, uh, I am too. Sorry. If I, <laughs> I don't know where that echo is coming from. It must be something happening on our end. I am so sorry. Okay, the valley basically means this. It's when a person is in relationship with a spouse – and also in relationship to another person. Now, the valley can exist, not just with another person, but another situation. But since it's a, uh, your husband's involved with another person, is that correct? Yes, he is. Yes, and he has been since okay. he All left right. our, yeah. Since he left, I'm sorry? 
since since he I guess ended or walked out of our our marriage or our family. He was with her, okay. I guess, so in, a, in an affairs relationship with her prior to. And how long has that been? Since December 2017. 2017, so over a year. Okay. Yes. Now, because you have a business together and you're interacting with each other. All right, here's how we de- here's how we generally define or explain or describe whatever word you want to choose, the valley. The valley is when they're in a relationship with you, but they're also in a relationship with the other person. And right now they don't have to make a decision because they kind of have the best of both worlds. You understand? It's like, okay, I'm getting from you what it is that I want or need from you, but I'm also getting from her what I want or need from her. And and because she's tolerating that, because you're tolerating that, it means I don't have to make any kind of decision. I can just keep doing what I'm doing. And that's what we call the valley. And people in the valley um, don't feel compelled really to make many decisions because right now I don't have to. Now, you're asking, okay, how long does it last? And the answer to that is it differs with everybody. Uh, in a general sense, it lasts like this. It lasts as long as it at least has some degree of comfort. Okay. In other words, I, I can do this because I'm not being pushed or pulled in either direction. And therefore, I'm just going to let it ride as long as it can. And so can that be months? Yeah. In your case, can it be well over a year? The answer is, yeah, it can. Now, I think if I heard Amber correctly, the other part of the question is, like, uh, are there signs of it? What was if there's signs, like, to, to show that it's dwindling or there's changes being made in terms of where he stands and if the valley is, if he's coming out of the end of, uh, valley, potentially. Okay. So if a person starts going more in one direction than the other, for example, if he starts evolving away from you and closer and closer to her, then that would be a sign that it might be coming to an end. Just as if it went the other way, that he has less to do with her and starts evolving into a relationship which is closer and closer to you. And, and typically that's a sign the valley is coming toward an end. When people ask me, well, should I pull the plug? Should I stop this valley? Should I set some kind of a boundary or criteria? Those kinds of things. Um, like we call them uh, stops and cores, but that's a different program. Then here's my suggestion on that. Now, obviously, it is always your decision. But my suggestion is as follows, that if it's doing damage, not just if it hurts, because obviously this hurts, but if it's doing damage to you, or if you have children involved, if it's doing damage to them, or believe it or not, even if it's doing, doing damage to your spouse, then if it's doing damage to you physically, I mean, your health is beginning to fail. You begin to have physical problems you weren't having before, and, and those problems might become problematic. At least they're aggravating, but maybe starting to become problematic. Intellectual, if there's being damage there, meaning that you're finding a tough time to think about the things you need to think about, to do your job, for example, to interact with other people. Emotionally, if it's damaging. Now, remember, I'm not talking about just hurt, but I'm talking about damage so that you're becoming an emotional wreck. You're nervous about everything. You find yourself crying all the time where that is actually damaging you or, or your children or even the spouse and or if it's damaging you spiritually, which means that because of the situation, you're beginning to violate or vacate your own beliefs and values, meaning what you believe is right, what you believe that you should be doing, the way you should behave, so that you're becoming a different person than who you used to be, and it's not an improvement. Or your children are becoming different people than who they used to be, and it's not an improvement. Or your spouse becomes a different person than he used to be, and it's not an improvement. 
In other words, not just some shift, not just some pain, but you actually see a pattern developing. Things are going south. In those cases, we suggest you might seriously consider it's time to set up some stops or some cores so that you say, I can't let this continue to go on. I'm going to have to force something to happen. And the way you force it is by setting what people typically call boundaries, we call stops, or what other people call criteria, which we call cores. And, and you set this up and say, this has to stop happening or there's going to be a consequence, or this has to start happening, that's the uh, criteria, if you will, or there's going to be a consequence. And so the short answer is there is no short answer. It can go on for a long period of time if the person feels he or she doesn't have to do anything. And so if he's evolving one way or the other, you guys headed toward an end. Or, or if you say, I don't want me, myself, being damaged, or him being damaged, or my kids being damaged, that's when you start setting those criteria or those stops and, and those cores. And when you do that, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be pleasant because it may well be that he will not do what you're asking or requesting that he does. So you don't set up the cores and the stops thinking, well, this is definitely going to control the other person. That's not what they're for. They're saying, I just can't let things continue as they are now. And therefore, the decision they make may not be a decision that you want, but you make those decisions because the damage is being done and you've got to stop the damage. Amber, help me clarify that better. I honestly think you did a uh, really. I think you did a great job, but I did want to say one thing. And I, I know Sharon's been proactive, and she's clearly meeting the coach. But I just want to say that if other people are listening and somehow relate to what Sharon's asking, or if you know similar scenario, and you mm -hmm. aren't working with a coach, I would really recommend that you at least call in about it. What a lot of people don't realize about my story is that if they've seen my testimony video or if they even talked to me on the phone, they they've probably picked up that I'm a firecracker, you know, and I'm passionate. But sometimes if your passion is misguided and misdirected, it's going to create a bigger bigger issue. You know, you have the drive to save your marriage. You're committed. That's not the question. But sometimes your passion gets in the way um, or your emotion. And so um, it's, it's hard when it comes to stops or what we used to call, you know, boundaries. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think you did a great job answering. And, and I think Sharon's been very prudent in, in asking a great question. But mm -hmm. and the fact that she's working with Jared shows that she's been very disciplined in making sure she's, she's she doesn't take it lightly. Sharon, is this helping at all? It is, yes. Thank you so much. I do appreciate your time. Well, thank you, Sharon. Thank and you. I surely hope things get better. I really do. Absolutely. Thank, okay. thank you uh, very, very I much. I wanted to ask you. Press that headphone right thank you. there. There um, you go. As always, I have technical difficulties <laughs> okay. on the show. Right. It's been a while. I've been on a hiatus. Um, but I had actually a client last week ask if the Valley could apply not to an affair partner. But if it was that they were um, just too committed to their job, and obviously there's a reason why they're they're throwing themselves in their, into their job, there's mm -hmm. something that else is going on. But they, I was trying to clarify to them about the valley, and I was sending some information over, and they said, no, the valley can apply to anything. And I said, well, I, I think we need to go back and read through this. So what okay. is your take on that? Because I've never really asked that question before. <laughs> okay. Well, let's talk about that for a second. First of all, by the way, if you want to call and talk to us, you can do it one of two ways. The number is 657-383-0812. Am I reading that right, Amber? That's probably small for my eyes. Right over here. Yeah. Okay, 657-383-0812 if you'd like to talk to us. Now, we have quite a few people who are out there who called in and are listening on their phones, and you're very welcome to do that. 
But when you call that number, if you wish to speak to us, when you hear that answer, press the number one. And when you press that number one, it actually puts you in the queue where you can talk to our screeners and you can wind up being on the air with us and asking your questions. And we'd love to have you do that. Now, if you're in that queue already and you didn't press the number one, you might want to go back and press it. I don't know if it'll work after the fact or not. So if you press the number one and it doesn't put you in the queue and you don't get to one of our screeners, then I suggest you actually hang up and call it again. And when it answers the second time, be sure to press that one. So that one more time is... Okay. I'd love to talk to you. Be happy to speak to you. You want to call in. Okay. So can the valley happen with a situation other than another human being? Absolutely. Okay. We typically don't talk about it in that vein, but the answer actually is yes. Okay. The valley is when I have an obligation or responsibility here, and I have something over here that I feel is an obligation or responsibility, or at least a connection with something. And, and they're in antithesis to each other. In other words, I can't be in this marriage the way I'm supposed to be and be in this situation at the same time because they're actually working against each other. And so while almost always when we see that, it has to do with people. Okay, here are people in situations. We're talking about people. It also can refer to anything else. So it can be a lifestyle, for example, uh, like... <clears throat> Uh, I'm going out drinking, carousing, doing all kinds of things, which is obviously working against my marriage. But at the same time, my spouse is tolerating, allowing that. Therefore, even though they're in conflict to each other, it's still a valley because I don't have to make a decision one way or the other. I can still do this. I don't have to give that up and still have this, at least to the degree that I want it. And so it can be a lifestyle. In that sense, could it be a job? Yes. Now, again, typically we don't talk about it that way because really the, the purest form of the valley has to do with two people, okay? That's the purest form. And so while the general principle might apply in these situations and, and you still have to wind up doing kind of the same things, it's not typically what we think about. So what did you tell the caller? Well, I sent the article that you had actually written a couple of years ago on the valley. Oh, and she, did I change my mind since then? No. no. <laughs> um, but also she um, is starting to work with a coach. Okay, so, um, good. But I was just, I had I had never been posed that question before, so I was really curious okay. to get your input on that. It's kind of interesting that sometimes people bring up something that I wrote three, four, five years ago, and, and you understand, and you would you get this, I know, that as we continue to work with more people and learn more things, sometimes we modify a little bit what we said before, like, Okay, let me get an example. <clears throat> when, when we first started teaching the pies, when I wrote the book, for example, The uh, Art of Falling in Love, we talk about pies as being something that's attractive to another person. Another person gets attracted to you, and they really do. And so the people are either physically, intellectually, emotionally, or spiritually attracted to you. Typically, it's a combination thereof, okay? If you let me talk hypothetically for a second, let's say a person could be a 10 on the physical attraction, 10 on the intellectual, 10 on the emotional, 10 on the spiritual. So a total attraction score, if you look like at it that way, would be a total score of 40. There are very, very, very few 40s, okay, because we're all imperfect in those kinds of things. Then when we started teaching people, okay, when your marriage is in trouble or a relationship is in trouble and the other person's moving away from you, then, then you need to do the pies. And then we discovered something that I hadn't thought about when I wrote the book, which is that people were doing the pies only to try to attract the other person back. Therefore, if it didn't seem to be doing that, then they just they abandoned it. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Like I'm not, I'm going to quit taking care of myself physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually. And so we had to modify it and go, okay, it is about attraction. There's no doubt. But if you're doing it just to see how he or she'll react and they don't react the way you hope they will, then you'll actually give up on doing these things. And so we started emphasizing more and more. Yes, it is about attraction, but it's really what you do for you so that you physically become the best you can be at your age and situation in life. Intellectually, you keep growing and developing. Emotionally, you keep doing the things that are attractive to other people that draw towards you rather than pushing people away. Spiritually, keep developing and advancing in your beliefs and values so you continue to become a better person. And therefore, if the other person does not react the way you want them to, keep doing them. I mean, stay in there. Don't stop because ultimately it's for you. Now, you say, but if it's only if it's only for attraction, it's not. Attraction is a big part of it, yes, but it's not. But if it's primarily for attraction and the other person's not responding, then why wouldn't I give up? If, God forbid, this relationship falls apart and if you want another relationship in the future. And at the point when it happens, you might be thinking, no, I never want to be in another relationship as long as I live. But you will get past that. Yeah. Okay. In all likelihood, unless you become some kind of bitter, withdrawn person, you're going to get past that. And if you continue to grow physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, becoming the best that you can be, there's a general principle that like attracts like. For example, if you become bitter and withdrawn and mean, the kind of people that will be attracted to you, if any, are going to be people just like that. Right. But if you become the best you can be, the people that tend to be drawn to you will be people who are more like that. And so, yes, it is about attraction, attracting your spouse back. But if God forbid that doesn't hurt, that doesn't work, then it's also you become, you become a more attractive person in general. So you really do it for you, but it definitely is done as part of the system, the, the process that can be a part of drawing your spouse back to you. And so what I wrote originally is still true. We just had to change the way we were talking about it because people were thinking too much about, well, it's not working, when in actuality for them it was. Absolutely. And um, a lot of the times when I'm talking um, to clients calling in and, and we're talking about pies um, or even the online course, I, I also try to encourage them, especially if they have children, they have little eyes looking at them. And by just starting with the pies, there's so many other things, smart contact and so on. But the pies, it's also an example for your children of, of pressing forward. Um, and I needed something besides my spouse because I knew, I said, if we don't get back together, I, I knew I still had purpose and there was a calling in my life, at mm -hmm. least as a parent. Mm -hmm. um, and so I wanted to be able to demonstrate to my children, this is what it looks like to get up and show up. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe I'm not getting the result that I'm wanting, but these, these, these um, principles never change. Mm -hmm. And some days we're done better than others. Um, because we're human. Right, absolutely. But at the end of the day, I knew I was giving my all, at least for myself, in terms of being consistent physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually. And, you're, and right off the bat, you may not have every checkbox checked off. That's mm -hmm. okay. But starting somewhere, I know it can be um, overwhelming initially, but at least starting with one and so I just encourage you that um, even if, if you're not getting the result that you're wanting, you have other eyes on you. Yeah, and then those eyes become very important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hmm. All right, so our telephone number is 657-383-0812. That's 657-383-0812. We have a ton of people that are watching or listening to us on their phones. 
Um, we'd love to talk to you. That's, I mean, that's what we're, that's why we do this live so we can interact with you. And so if you call that number, uh, that's 657-383-0812. Uh, then when you hear that answer, press the number one, it puts in your queue, talk to one of our screeners, and we'll be glad to visit with you. Um, to get back to what we initially mm-hmm. were introducing you to the show, we were going to talk about um, is this true love versus is this no longer limerence? Are we able to touch on that for for a second? We can. There's another version of that I saw the other day when a woman actually, actually it was a call on one of our, when we do our uh, support calls for the people in our online course. And by the way, starting next Monday, we're going to make another offer about how people can get into our online course. We only do that four times a year. And we're actually going to do that starting next Monday, tell you how you now, because it's, we'll have a two-week open period. We do that four times a year, a two-week open period where you can actually get in the online course. And part of what comes with the online course is that uh, every Tuesday night for 10 weeks, uh, I almost always me, but something comes up, it can be somebody else on our team, but usually it's me and I go on and people type in all kinds of questions who are in the course and I try to answer the questions for them. And recently one actually did this. She said, well, he seems to be happier with the other person. So maybe it just wasn't meant to be Mm. that he was to be with me. Maybe it was meant to be that he was with her. And I had kind of a strong reaction to that. Because it was like, what are you thinking meant to be? Or oh, some of the things people say. I mean, that's just that's what's out there. Well, it just wasn't meant to be. Yeah. Or this one. Uh, this one just tears me up. If you love someone, let them go. If it's meant to be, they'll return. Yeah, yeah. If, if they come back, they're yours forever. And if they don't, they never were yours to begin with. That is, well, I can't actually use the word on the, on the air <laughs> to describe <laughs> what that is. But let's say it has to do with ovine uh, well, I'll just stop right there. It has to do with bulls. Okay. That's ridiculous. But people kind of buy into these mottos, these sayings, and they think, I've got all the answers here with the saying. Look, what is meant to be is that when two people make a commitment to each other, it's not going to be la-la land. It's not going to be the easiest thing in the world to do. That when two people commit to each other, what's meant to be is that you live up to those commitments, that, that you do the things to keep the relationship growing and developing, and you stop the things that are taking the relationship apart. That's what's meant to be. Okay, well, left me for her. You left me for him. Well, maybe that's what was meant to be. Meant to be by whom? Meant to be by what? It's... You know, it's meant to be that I make a vow that I'm going to stand with a person, love him, love her, and it's meant to be that later I just give up on that and try it with another person. That's not meant to be. And so when you look at this like, well, maybe that's true love. Maybe this is real love. It's what we don't even try to measure in the social sciences because it is so subjective. Now, there's tons of different kinds of love we can actually measure. We can measure uh, infatuation. We can measure empty love. We can measure Fatuous love, that's actually a kind, believe it or not. We can measure, and then there's this big five thing of love. There's all kinds of things we can actually measure. We can measure limerence. Mm-hmm. But true love, real love, it's whatever person thinks at the time. And so it's like, I'm doing this because I finally now feel true love. It's a great line in The Princess Bride. It's one of the best movies ever made. Absolutely. It's a great line in The Princess Bride. But in general, it's it has nothing to do with what people really experience and go through. Mm-hmm. Did I make it worse? No, you didn't make it worse <laughs> at all. I, I personally didn't experience that moment in terms of, well, maybe he's meant to be with the other woman. I was probably more arrogant of 
I don't think it was arrogant. I think you you stood up and fought for what was right. Well, maybe so. It's not arrogant. <laughs> but I, I never had that moment. I do have a lot of clients calling in, and I can understand why they would feel that way. Or they'll call in and say, well, they high school sweethearts. And then we met in college, and we got married, and now they've reconnected. Um, and so that question co- comes in a lot of going, well, maybe it was meant to be. Uh-huh. I actually had a guy. I actually had a guy tell me once. He was actually an elder in his church. This guy was very religious. Mm. He said, God has given me the second chance to be with a woman I was meant to be with. Mm-hmm. He actually said that to me. So after 20 years of marriage, you're going to go off and be with this woman. Right. What about this other woman you've been spending the last 20 years with? He built his life with. A yeah. year after that, he winds up in a workshop with, with his wife. Mm-hmm. And he said, I can't believe I was saying things like that. And I said, well, I can believe you got here all the time, but I'm glad you finally got past that. In those situations, the spouse for another person, although another person is definitely involved, they're leaving the spouse for an idea. Absolutely. They're trying to renew or re, uh, relive their youth. Absolutely. And and so here's a way that looks like I can do that, and that typically has no possibility of occurring. Absolutely. And I and I think I brought this up maybe in the last um, Monday live show that I did with you back in the fall. I don't want to veer off too much off topic, but I just want to remind you, if your spouse is having an affair, um, you are not in competition with this other person. Mm-hmm. What you and Joe will probably correct me to clarify even more, but um, you are in competition with the old patterns in the marriage, the bad behaviors in the marriage, um, mm-hmm. things that maybe were out of your in terms of in laws or finances or jobs that maybe you couldn't control. But at the end of the day, that's what you're in competition with. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I can understand, and I think I felt the same way. If somehow I was in competition with this woman because you know him and this. Um, this other woman worked together in the same setting, and, mm-hmm. I, and I'm thinking, I don't have that background. That's that's not who I am. Um, but I soon realized that it was I was in competition with with what I had created, the mess that I had created prior to him leaving. Yeah. Okay. And let's we get another. We got calls to get to, but I want you to clarify that just for a second. No. You're not saying it was your fault. No, I'm not saying it's my fault, but I absolutely contributed to the breakdown. And that's that's mature and that's wise. I can contribute, but not taking blame for what the other person decides. Yeah. No. Okay. And, absolutely. No, I want to get to um, Alexis in Texas. Um, she was asking about smart contact and wants to know more about rekindling her relationship with her husband. Alexis, can you hear us okay? Yes, I can. Hey, welcome can to the show. Me? Yeah, perfectly. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Um, so, um, I think, well, I had a move recently about 1,200 miles. And my apartment that was supposed to be ready for me on the 16th, they called me on the 13th and told me that it was no longer going to be available. So my husband also lives here in Texas, but we've been separated since September, and we have, like, limited to no contact. So I called him and I asked him if he mind if I stayed at his place until my apartment was ready. He was hesitant, but he said yes. Um, I arrived yesterday. I arrived yesterday, and he gave me the keys. We spent maybe two minutes total, and he left. And he was like, all right, mm-hmm. but, um, just make sure you close or lock both locks and just push it in really tight, and that was it. And he just left. So mm-hmm. um, apparently he's going to be staying at his parents' house until I move out. But I was trying to see if there was a way of like, maybe initiating smart contact or something to get him to come stay, you know, maybe in the second bedroom or the third bedroom or something of that sort. Mm-hmm. But you're, based on what he said so far, I'm sorry? 
I said it I might sound a little crazy for juvenile, but um, <laughs> well, based on the stuff we hear every day, this does not sound crazy. No, no, <laughs> we we do all sure. kinds of situations. But what I'm hearing you say is that he doesn't want to be there while you're there. That's what I heard you say, correct? Yeah, that's what it. Yeah, it does. Okay, then my question is, what do you gain by trying to convince him to come be there while you're there? I mean. Smart contact is all about, I'm not going to do anything that appears to be manipulative, controlling, those kinds of things. And I'm not going to do anything that appears to be whining, begging, or pleading. Now, it doesn't mean you don't have any contact. I mean, contact actually is good when you can have it. But it's contact where the other person doesn't feel pressured in any shape, fashion, or form, either because he or she feels that the person's being manipulated or controlled, or because the person feels that you're whining, begging, and pleading. So I'm asking, how how could you do this? Because it's skipping my mind. How can you do this without appearing to be that you're trying to get him to do something that you know that he doesn't want to do? I, I mean, I really don't know. Um, what I kind of hope to gain is maybe we can spend some time together, um, like I said, since in September, we've been, you know, five states apart, so we haven't had any time together. So right. I was thinking maybe we could spend some time or catch up or, I don't know, maybe date. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, I'm hearing that. Ready. Okay, I hear what you're saying, and I understand that's what you're trying to gain. And I can even understand why you'd want to gain that. That would be a good thing if you could. But that's not the question. The question is not about what you're trying to gain. The question is, how would you do this without trying to get him to do something he's already made it clear he doesn't want to do? I don't know. I guess that's kind of why I called to ask um, to see if y'all maybe have some insight on anything. (laughs) Yeah, when a person has his or her mind made up, typically Mm -hmm. – you don't influence them by trying to talk them into it in some fashion. What you do is this, whatever opportunity that does present itself, okay, whatever opportunity might be that presents itself, where he does Mm -hmm. talk to you or where he is around for a little, you just do what you can to make that a very comfortable situation where he doesn't feel pressured in any shape, fashion, or form. And, And you do it the way you act, you do it in what you talk about, you can do it by the questions that you ask. You don't do questions, for example, that sound like they might be setting you up like, wow, wouldn't you actually enjoy it better if you were here for the two weeks? That feels like a setup question. And so the thing is, you you can't make it happen when a person lets you know they want to do something else. You can encourage it to happen by being that warm, friendly, kind person. And I hope, I truly hope that that opportunity presents itself. But if if you try to force it, if you try to make it happen, my fear is that he's going to react negatively. Now, I don't know him. I don't really know you. So if, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But based on what you're describing, I don't know how you do this without somehow him. And, and typically people don't react well when they feel they have pressure put on them. Okay. I understand that. Uh, I wish there was some magic um, answer here. And it doesn't mean, and you know, I just want to add, it doesn't mean that she can't accomplish ever getting to that place. That's correct. But even in the small exchanges, in that two-minute window of exchanging the keys, um, it's, and I have to remind a lot of y'all calling in, it's one thing for things to come out of your mouth of going, okay, thanks. But if he can tell that you're deflated and it's just kind of like humdrum, 
your body language has to match coming out of your mouth or mm -hmm. vice versa. Um, and so even those two-minute exchanges, while it wasn't him staying or, or going out to lunch for a date or whatever that you had envisioned, those moments matter. So make the best of those few exchanges. You mm -hmm. have to start somewhere. Um, so I just want to encourage you that you can get to your goal. It's just we've got to take a different approach. Mm -hmm. Okay? Okay. Thank you. I hope I do hope it works out for you. Thank you. And I'm sorry for your pain. I really am sorry for your pain. I wish we had some kind of magic pill or magic words. Unfortunately, we don't. But please, please hear what Amber just said. So, for example, if he says, you know, here are the keys, the response might be such, hey, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Is there anything I can do here at the apartment that you would like me to be done while I'm here? Be happy to do that. And so you do that, that you present yourself with strength. Absolutely. No, thank you so much again, Alexis. Sorry for your pain, my friend. I'm so sorry. Um, we have another call. Um, okay. We have Monica from Michigan. Um, if both, or sorry, both had affairs, um, they filed for divorce, and she's wondering if she should stay in the marriage. Monica, can you hear us? Are you there? Uh oh, did I lose you? Hello, Monica. Yes, I'm here. Okay, can you hear me? Oh, hey. Yes, ma'am. What can we do for you? Yes. Um, so, um, yeah, both of us um, about, well, I want to say back in 2012, I confessed about um, um, me committing adultery in our marriage in 2015. So I confessed to him and um, tried to get help. I got rebaptized and we moved to Michigan and found out that he was in limerence with someone, and it's going on for two years. Now, he said he's left the situation, but he still keeps in contact with the person and texting, whatever that she needed, he's always there. Now, we are separated, and we've been separated since November. Um, so um, what's happening now is that last week we basically um, filed for divorce, and um, – he says that we need a do-over. The marriage is no there seems longer. There to be a bad connection, Monica. Oh, can okay, you hear Monica, me now? Okay, you're breaking up on us, and we're just getting – we're only getting about every third or fourth word there. Okay. Um, can you hear me better now? Yes, it is. Okay. So your question was, should you, should you stay in the marriage? That was the question. Right. Should I keep on fighting even though um, – um, of course, not understanding my feelings on the fact that continuing on having a connection with the person that he cheated me on with, it really bothers me. Um, I'm, I get sick all the time just just knowing that situation is still going on. Um, he said he fell in love with her, and he does, he's trying to fall out of love with her. So my question is, now that we're getting a divorce or getting to that point, should I continue on um, trying to fight? Okay. You understand, Monica, that that's only you can make that decision. Nobody, but you can make that decision. And so the question that you have to ask yourself is this, um, how is it physically emotionally and are you willing to stay in? Now, if your divorce becomes final, it doesn't necessarily mean that the marriage is over. If you continue to do the right things, there's a chance you can put it back together, unless he marries the other woman. 
Now, if he does that, then it's a done deal. I mean, he's now married to somebody else. And I can't tell you, nobody on earth can tell you whether you should keep standing or not. It has to be your decision about part of me to do this. And if I do, you know, will people help you? We'll help you as much as we can. We'll do everything we can to help you. But it, it's going to be it's going to be some effort. It's going to be some work. The fact that they're now doesn't necessarily mean you'll feel the same way from now, for example. Um, so, do you want to stand for your marriage? Um, as long as it's a healthy marriage, um, there's a lot of controlling in it. Um, the fact that he brings back my infidelities. We, again, this weekend had a couple where that she told him it was a parenting workshop. I'm sorry, but the other way around. He told her it was a parenting workshop. Mm-hmm. And, and, and by the first break of the first day, she was livid. So we tell people, don't ever deceive your spouse. If you want to bring them to our workshop, tell them the truth. Will there be principles they'll learn that will help you co-parent? Without a doubt. But if you lead them to believe it is a parenting workshop and they walk on the door and discover that it's not, they're mad at you. They're mad at us. They're mad at the world. They don't want to be there anymore. It's like you lied to me. So make sure you can say we can learn a lot of things about parenting, and you can, but it really is a marriage workshop. Would you agree with that? I would agree, and and that's the same approach that I took um, with my husband going to or asking him to go to the workshop. Um, I knew that he didn't want to save the marriage, um, and I stopped very early on. I stopped expressing what I wanted. Um, he knew my truth. I wasn't hiding it, but there was just no value in, in us going back and forth of, well, I want this, well, I want this. So at minimum, I said, look, this will help us learn to communicate and co-parent because at the end of the day, um, we're going to be in each other's lives a very long time. And mm-hmm. um, whether he liked the idea of that or, of that or not, it was the truth. Um, mm-hmm. And so and so that's why he initially went. And I, w- I want to add to this briefly um, is that when I was starting to do the uh, smart contact and being a safe place in pies, um, a lot of people hear my reconciliation story and they hear how excited I am to share it. And mm-hmm. they think that I drank the Kool-Aid and everything just clicked into place once I found marriage helper. <laughs> and I want to say to you that while marriage helper was a safe haven for me um, in my marriage, I truly did not really start seeing the fruit of my labor. And I'm sure there was some nuggets along the way. But I didn't start seeing the fruit of my labor probably for at least eight months after my husband left me. Mm -hmm. Um, That's when he started not wanting to work on the marriage, but he didn't feel threatened by me or suffocated by me. Um, And that showed in the small changes that pick up and drop off with the kids. So I just want to encourage you that even though you're not seeing the fruit of your labor today, it doesn't necessarily mean you're doing the wrong thing. Excellent. Um, Keep going. And if if you're not sure if you are and you're questioning yourself or your sanity, call in and we'll see how we can help. <laughs> so we can tell you if you're insane. Huh? No, but just it's, I know it's a lot, but I just want to encourage you because sometimes people have this misconception that everything started working immediately. Mm. Um, and, and, and I do hear people calling in and they're going through the course and saying within three weeks, hey, this is my, my spouse is softening. They don't want to work on the marriage, but they, they clearly aren't put off by me. Mm-hmm. And so those changes can happen, but stay encouraged. Mm-hmm. Let's try Audie again. I think they think we can actually now talk to him. Yes, Andre. Um, Andrea. I keep calling him Audie. I'm sorry. Andre, can Andre. you hear us? Yes, I hear you. Wonderful. Okay, thank you so much for your patience. I'm so sorry about that. That's okay. So what was your question? You, you were talking about how, how your wife wants to save the marriage? Well, um, well, more so, I I wanted to save the marriage. Okay. Um, 
So basically, just to give you a nutshell what's going on, my wife, um, you know, before all the, you know, turmoil and stuff, a couple of months ago we were talking about babies, the next house, because we don't have any kids yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all all of a sudden um, she says, I want to feel free. And then she started date or seeing her ex. Um, and then she kept continuing to tell me that's not what it was. And she's not seeing him. And then it turned out that she was actually seeing him going over to him a couple of times. But then she says she wants to work on the marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's trying. She's trying her best, but she doesn't feel uh, fully attracted to me. And she feels attracted to him. But then, I, like, you know, I guess our head, we butt head because I'm like, well, if you're seeing him, it'd be harder to be attracted to me. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, I, I, you know, like, she wants to stay separated. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's just, just to feel not as bad for stepping out the marriage. Could be. And I told her, I said, uh, and I, I told her, you know, like I'm, you know, for, for me, usually, you know, we, we usually, we've been through some stuff, not, not like this, but usually, you know, we go pray about it, you know, we go to church, whatever. And mm-hmm. then, but in this case, she doesn't want any advice, none of that stuff. Um, right. And it, it, it's to a point where, you know, like I told her, I said, like, I'm going to, I'm just going to work on me. Uh, uh-huh. I, that's what I've been doing. And, right. um, that's what it's been, and then she she's been continuously. She says she's not seeing or saying talking to her ex, but then it turns out that she still will be. Even mm-hmm. just recently, she still you know she went to go see him again. Right. But so how I, can we I, help you, Andre? What can we do for you? You know, I I don't know if there's any other option, but divorce. But I I I don't know. Like I feel kind of like there's some people saying you know if you love her, continue to try, but at the same mm-hmm. time. Of course, the feeling of you know, like it's, it it feels like I'm stupid for staying. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's a shot to the manhood, you know, to be here as an option. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, so, so what does your heart want, my friend? Um, I, I want us to you know seriously see if we can make it work, but you yeah. know, if she's continuing to see him. Right. That's basically uh, in a circle. Yeah, and I'm sure that hurts. It's very painful. You understand, of course, that when people are doing things that they know they shouldn't be doing, they often lie. Now, I know it hurts. You don't want to be lied to, but surely you're not shocked yeah. or surprised that she would lie, right? Uh, well, when she when she lied, you know, like, she, you know, the, I finally found out she was lying because she's usually not, she's not a good liar, by the way. Because she doesn't lie often, and um, right. But I understand she, that you hurt uh, because she lies. She's she's seeing the guy. You find out, but she's telling you she's not. She's separated. Uh, you probably will not be successful in getting her to come back by trying to talk her into coming back. You do understand that, right? Yeah, I think I understand that now more than ever. Because because you're dealing with emotions, and when you when you deal with emotions, logic typically does not win. And so if you say, here's a logical reason why you should do this, here's why you should do this, here's why you should do that, typically the other person, even if they even if they hear you, which often they don't, but even if they hear you, it's like, 
No, but what I feel is so much more powerful than that. So here's my question, Andre. You, she was talking about having a baby with you, and then that relatively rapidly changed. Is that what you said? Well, we tried a couple of times. I know she has, like, you know, the fibroids and stuff like that, and it was kind of – I don't know if that made it. There, there's so much different angles that, you know, of course, it replays in my head. Um, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm asking that, the wrong question. Let me ask the question better. From the time that she was wanting to have a baby with you until the time she got involved with this other guy, was it relatively fast or a long period of time between? Well, to me it was fast, but she said she's been feeling this way from before. But it, I, I, I'm kind of, I'm not sure if that's true or not. Or but okay, so I'm not, I'm not like asking what she's fast. feeling. I'm asking you this question: From the time she was saying let's have a baby until the time you know she got involved with the other guy, how much time passed? Um, let's see. I think about two months, a month. Okay. So that's fast. That's fast. Did anything happen in those two months? For example, did she wind up getting really frustrated because she didn't get pregnant or did some other thing happen? Like she lost her best friend or her daddy died or she lost her job. Other than the fact that she couldn't get pregnant, did any other thing occur in about that same period of time? Um, well, yeah, she was, she was very frustrated, frustrated with the, you know, the pregnancy because one time she really did think she was pregnant. Right. Um, right. Arguments with her mom. That's usually like something. It blows up pretty bad. Okay. Um, and yeah. so there were kind of some precipitating factors going on, right? I believe so. there were some things going on other job. than just that. I'm sorry. Oh no, say and also stress from her job, but. From her job. Okay. Those kinds of things don't justify what people do, but they certainly can become, they can become factors as to what they do. Because it's like, this is not working. This is not working. I'm frustrated. I'm miserable. It sometimes people call this, no matter what age people are, sometimes people call this midlife crisis. We don't use that phrase. What we say is if a person has experienced some grief based on the fact that this is what I want but this is what's happening, and I don't think I can get what I want. While other people might call that a midlife crisis, we said that's a grief process. And in the grief process, people often will gravitate toward whatever they think is alleviating the pain. And if that turns out to be another person who's the right place at the right time, and it appears that a relationship with that person alleviates the pain, then often they'll gravitate toward that person. What they're really doing is exchanging their pain for hurting you. But it's like I'm going toward that. Now, if that's the case, you're dealing, if, if that's the case, I'm just taking some guesses here, but if that's the case, you're dealing with a woman in a lot of pain, and that means a lot of emotion, and if he has become her drug of choice to help deal with that pain, then nothing that you do logically is going to affect this. If you want, if you want to stand for your marriage, I understand your, your, your male ego is hurt. Mine would be too. I understand that. But that pain and him as being the medicine for that pain, it's not going to work. And so she might be with him a while. I, I can't tell you how long she will or won't. But at some point, that's not going to fix it for her. Now, whenever that happens, in all likelihood, she's going to abandon him. And so what we teach is, if you follow the principles we talk about, like in our online course and things like that, if you follow those principles, then what happens over time is, when that other thing begins to fade, when it doesn't get them what they're looking for, 
then they finally start looking at you again. And, and it's going to be a matter of they're going to see that you have grown, you've become better, et cetera, et cetera. So it's like, how in the world can I leave that good man? Because, because I've seen, I'm seeing now, I didn't see it then, but I'm seeing now that this man is who I need to be with. And so if you choose to stand, it means you've got to consistently keep doing the things that we talk about where you become the best you, you can be. Now, you can walk away anytime you wish, if you wish. And I know you're hurt and nobody would blame you. But the, what, based on what you're telling me, what she's seeking to alleviate the pain she's feeling, not going to work. And so at some point, at some point, she's going to be looking around for something else. And if you really love this woman, and if you think at heart she's a good woman, then standing makes all the sense in the world. If you think she doesn't have a good heart, that she's not a good person, then standing doesn't make any sense at all. So it really becomes your choice, my friend. So which is she? Is she a good woman that's messed up or a bad woman? Um, I think she's a, I think she's a good woman. Then if up. you choose to, if you choose to stand, you've got a shot at this. I can't guarantee it will work, but if you choose to stand, you've got a shot at putting this back together. If, if I'm, if I'm reading this story, right. If you choose to stand, you've got a shot at putting it back together. Oh, okay. but it's your choice. It's your choice. Okay. Yeah. Have I you talked to one of our, any have you talked to any of our client representatives here about what we can do to help? Um, just briefly, I was coming from um, work at the time. Uh -huh. um, I, I don't remember who I spoke with. Okay. Well, they'll have a record. If you'll call back, they'll have a record, and they can make sure that he or she can talk to you again. But that's what I strongly recommend, my friend, that you call in and talk to the client rep because I think, my opinion could be wrong, but I think you've got a shot at this if you can if you can stick in it if you can, okay. Thank you so much, Andre. Got it. Okay, thank you, my friend. We'll try to take one more call. I mean, we're a little over time, but let's try to make one more call here because we had that uh, glitch earlier. Yes. Okay. Hey, Charles, you're on the air. Um, Charles is coming calling from New Hampshire, and his spouse has low self-esteem, and he wants to know how to respond when she says she wants to leave. Are you there, my friend, Charles? Hey, Dr. Joe, I'm here. Good. How may we help you, my friend? Hi. Um, so, uh, me and my wife, we got married last June, and within two months, she was having an emotional affair with a co-worker. Wow. So, yep, so um, we've been through counseling, and there was ups and downs through it, but um, since December to end of, like, February this year, we thought everything was went went well counseling was went well and she started a new job because the other guy was at the previous job they i guess they affair ended when we we're doing mm -hmm. counseling mm -hmm. so last week she just got out up out of the blue and say that you know she's not feeling physically attracted to me and that she just want to call quit this time so, and then I noticed she have a lot of low self-esteem because she's always, mm. you know, going for attention, gravitating to people that tells her what she wants to hear when uh. all her friends and family are there just telling her what she's doing is wrong. Mm. So how do you uh -huh. go about doing this? <laughs> well, 
Are you in our online course by any chance? I am not. I'm okay. just on the Facebook page, um, but, uh, and just reading on people's stories. Right. You're in what we call the big group, the one that has like 5,500 people in it. Yep, I'm um, not in that. Oh, you're not in that Facebook page? The free one? Yes, I am, but not the, okay. uh, yeah. the course yeah. stuff. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Yeah, that, that group you're in, we limit it to 5,500. If we if we didn't limit it, it'd have 55,000, but we limit it to about 5,500. <laughs> and and I'm glad that, it, that, that there are stories there that are helpful to you. Uh, I would suggest we're about to enter our two-week period. We do this four times a year. We're about to enter our two-week period about the online course. If you can afford that, and uh, it's not that expensive, but if you can afford that, I suggest that you look into the online course because it, it might be giving you some really good advice here. Now, you've already told me there's a couple of things going on with your wife. You said she has low self-esteem. You said that she reacts to anybody who makes her feel good about herself. And that actually, because I always tell the truth, that will make this more difficult. OK, um, because it appears that she's needing a lot of um, assurances and that people like who can read that really well, who really know how to read that well and, and will manipulate and use people who need a lot of assurances. So the fact of getting her back together or you guys saving this marriage, particularly because you've been married less than a year, doing this would also probably require her getting some kind of therapy to help her deal with her self-esteem. Now we've got we've got a, a, a coach, a specific coach, and I'm always not supposed to do this, but we have a specific coach that can actually help with that. And so if if indeed she gets to the point where it's like, um, if we could somehow get her with the right coach, if she'd be willing to do that to help her with the self-esteem thing, that's gonna be a crucial part of helping you put this back together. Because even if you do all the right things, my friend, and she's that susceptible to listening to other people, then it's just a matter of time before it happens again. But we do have some people on our staff that can help with that. Or if she prefers getting a good counselor or therapist there, obviously that's a, a thing that can happen. But <clears throat> uh, part of this is going to have to be, she's going to have to get some help with that self-esteem. Now, I know you don't want to hear that, but we just can't well, lie to you. And that's a big factor here, buddy. It's, it's a I huge totally factor. I totally appreciate it. Okay, my friend. Well, if you if she'll talk to somebody there, great. If not, uh, you uh, have you ever called and talked to one of our client representatives? I have not. Well, if you call, ask for Amber. And the reason I'm saying Amber is because and this is the young lady sitting right here is because I'm going to tell Amber uh, what I would recommend if you call. So uh, we'll give the number here in a minute at the end of the program. And if you call, ask for her. And I'm going to tell her after we get off the air what I recommend for you. Okay. Yep. Thank you so much. Hey, Emma. <laughs> hi. Hi, Andre. Nice to officially meet you. Okay. Hopefully we'll talk soon. Thank you. It's Charles, right? Oh, no. Or Charles. Yeah. My right. apologies. Okay, Charles. That. Thank you so much. Thank you, Charles. Okay. We're going to do two more calls, even though we're over time, but we have so many glitches and problems later that, that we're just going to try to do two more. Okay. okay. So we have Emmanuel from Texas. Um, he wants to know what to do now. He said he's very hopeless and his wife won't attend the workshop now that he's asked her. She refused to go. Okay. How, how can we help you, my friend? And the name again is? Emmanuel. Emmanuel. How, how may we help you, Emmanuel? Um, well, I, just, well, I was just speaking with Amber about the situation that um, kind of broke it down a little summary. Uh, married for 10 years and plus with three beautiful children. 
Um, mm-hmm. But now we're, well, my wife just says now she's just done. She can't go on. She can't continue. She just can't try any longer. I uh, was telling Amber that I have introduced this program that I found last year and try to give uh-huh. it around. And I was trying to save up some money and uh, we tried to do it on our own saving as mm-hmm. to work our own relationship, but we relapsed. Um, I continue to kind of have a little controlling, kind of uh, squeezing out every little bit of affection that I was there because I didn't feel the effort that was coming in. I try to go to marriage counseling with her, try to see if we can re-strategize our, our love life, our intimacy, um, mm-hmm. just kind of getting back grounds. I, I know I caused a lot of pain in the, in the past of being kind of an abusive husband and not very loving and caring, but also those kind of came back from me not receiving the uh, love and attention that mm-hmm. I was seeking. So now we're so at we, the point. I'm in, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in the point sure. now where it's like I Amber. I am ready to leave my home uh-huh. to give her that uh-huh. separation that she's asking for to be alone and not stress. Okay. And so when she says she can't take it anymore, is that referring to that she believes? Uh, is that a reference to your controlling her? Um, I've been trying to kind of better myself as a man, husband, and of course, um, as for myself, my children and her, and um, it's, it's taking a progress. And I told her, it's not something that we can just snap my fingers and be, you know what, a total different man. She has noticed many different ways and responses and household, um, but she just now says, you know, it's a little too late now. I don't want it. Okay. But but from based on what she feels, when she says, I can't take it anymore, she's referring to your controlling behavior. Is that correct? Based on what she feels? Of, of anger. She thinks I would never change. Okay. So she's angry at you because she feels you're controlling? That's what I'm trying to ask. Um, I would say kind of, but more if she thinks my anger issues will never change. Oh, your anger issues. I'm sorry. Okay. I thought you said Cor- she was angry. Correct. Okay. Okay. Anger, and we really don't have time to ask the questions I want to ask, my friend, but anger is based on pain. So let me ask you a question to see if you can give me a fast answer. Where do you hurt? Sure. Where do you Um, hurt? Just the the, the rejection that hasn't came from my marriage. Okay, so you feel that your wife has rejected you sexually? Sexually or affectionate at times, so a little bit of, of, of those five languages, a, a little bit of all those. All right. So you feel that your wife has neglected you and, and that causes you pain, which has led to your anger. And then your anger has pushed her away. Is that what you're telling me? That is correct. Okay. And that you have tried to c- control the anger and be the better guy. And she's noticed some of that, but she doesn't trust that you're actually going to quit being that guy. That's what you Correct. said, right? Okay. Correct. Okay. Now, that's that's a tough one because of the fact that people typically don't trust until they see a, a pretty significant change over a significant amount of time. And so when she says, why don't you move out so I can have less stress, obviously you could do that. Typically, typically we don't recommend that people separate because once they separate, it's much more difficult to work on the problem because each of you will get some degree of peace. But when we do suggest that people should consider separation is if one feels that he or she is in jeopardy. 
Now, if she feels she's in jeopardy of your anger, separation actually might be a thing to consider. On the other hand, I have no way to evaluate that. You know, I, I can't, I don't know you, I don't know her, so I can't help you evaluate that. But if she right. feels in jeopardy, if she feels in jeopardy, then then a separation might be a good thing. If if not, then separation might be a bad thing. The key here, friend, uh, it's a manual. The key here, manual, is going to be, can you show enough significant change when it comes to your anger over enough time, significant amount of time, that she starts trusting that that's been dealt with? Have you worked with anybody or talked with anybody about your anger? I am actually attending um, anger management counseling for the past Good. Is that uh, helping? five weeks. Good. Is it, it helping? It's progressing better. It's progressing better than 70%. Good. Okay, that's good. I suggest strongly, my friend, you stay with that. Remember that anger is based on pain. And if you're going to be able to deal with the anger, you've got to heal the pain. And if the pain is, I don't like what she does or doesn't do to me, then it's going to take somebody. It may, it may take more than a, a class. It may take somebody who can help you think some things through and et cetera. So the bottom line here, Emmanuel, is keep Keep growing and developing. Figure out how to handle that anger and get over it. And realize that things like this don't reconcile quickly. That it's going to take a period of time for her to trust that. And and not to push her. Not to push her to trust it. Give her the space and time she needs to trust it. I don't know that that necessarily means separation. But it may. But give her the time, the space, in a, at least emotional space, where that she can finally trust that you're dealing with these issues. And and for your own sake, my friend, your own sake with your you have kids, right? Right, right, right. So that's the reason kids. that she was asking Yeah, that's the reason she was asking kind of a space and kind of time to kind of refill uh-huh. that feeling, maybe she might miss me. And um the reason I'm just kind of pushing it more of kind of leaving the home is because I don't want to be somewhere where I'm still being ignored and not having a good relationship i mean uh, it's even pushing it where she said well i'll just get a divorce and make sure you leave and like that we're not together hmm. well this is this is a tough one my friend I, I in the short period of time we have available here i can't really give you a suggestion i'm just saying that um, well i've already said it i've been redundant keep working on that thing about dealing with your anger and your pain and and try your best to make it where she feels safe emotionally safe in every other way. Again, I can't tell you whether the separation is a good idea or not. I don't know enough. But I'm saying that safety, her feeling safe, and you feeling cared about, that's going to have to happen. Now, if we can help, fine. You can call our client representatives. We'll see what we can do for you. Uh, if, you know, you said she's already re- rejected the workshop, we'll be glad to help you think about ways to do that if you still want to try it. But Right now. Well, I'm, I'm saying the same thing okay. over and over again, and I've got to get to another call. But may uh, okay. may you find the strength to do what you need to do, my friend. And if we can help, give us a call, please, okay? We'll do. We'll do. I will be reaching out back to you guys. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Okay, we have one last caller for today. We have Joseph from Maryland. Um, his wife says that she is done and wants to know what he could do to prove to her that he will change and the marriage can change. Uh, Joseph, how, how can we help you today, my friend? Uh, that is a great question. I'm still trying to kind of figure that out, but 
My question okay. for you, sir, and I appreciate you giving me this time, is what can I prove? Uh, how can I prove that she can trust me again after my issues with lying to her? Okay. Now, you do realize I'm about to give an answer that's going to sound ridiculous because it's going to be so simple. Okay? And that would be don't lie to her. Let me give you a – is she still with you? Are you still together? Uh, she – up and left. She basically abandoned me. She walked right out of my house and went on her own way. She's been seeing other people, and um, that's where I'm at currently. I'm sorry. How long has she been gone? She, her and I separated officially on January 4th, and then we moved, she moved out on January 24th. Okay. And when did she start dating other people? Uh, within a week of that. And it has, a, it has been a continuous deal, whereas I've even seen her go stay at a hotel. And then I've also seen her go to a friend's house, and she's been staying the night at other houses. So you're thinking she's sleeping with other people? Uh, part of me is, although I would love to believe that she isn't. Well, I hope she isn't either. But when you're mentioning hotels and spending the night in other houses, what I'm hearing you say is you think she is. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm so sorry, my friend. How long have you been together? I've been with her since June 30th of 2012. So you've got some history together. Okay. And if I may ask, what kinds of things did you lie to her about? It started with little things, and then it would be bigger things. Uh, there were certain individuals to which we'd asked each other not to talk to out of respect. And at mm -hmm. one point in time within the last year, I'd missed one of those individuals because they were a close personal friend. I'd reached out to them. They'd seen them pop up on the screen and... I try to confabulate in comparison to giving a or an appropriate answer. Okay. So by deceiving her, she quit trusting you. Is that correct? Uh, yes. She's implicitly said she no longer trusts me. Okay. And because she no longer trusts you, it's like, I'm not living with you if I can't trust you. And so if if she's dating other people, is some of that almost like payback to you? Uh, she put it to me, this has been going on, I guess, in her heart or in her presence for at least the last year of wanting to just stop because she feels I can't change or I won't. Okay. All right. So let me, and of course, I'm asking you to guess, and I know that your guess may be wrong, but is dating the other people a way of, of um, identifying to herself that she's free of you or is dating other people a way to punish you? To be honest, I would love to give you a better answer on that, but more along the lines, I guess she's just trying to enjoy not being in a relationship, I guess. You know, it's hard to know, and that's why I ask you to guess. And so she's actually done things to set herself free from you. You're still married, is that correct? Uh, yes, we have no intentions of getting divorced, but staying separated and not being together, and she said that, she no longer wants this, 
she's done and I should date other people. So when doesn't she divorce you? I don't know. We it comes to a conclusion that neither of us would be remarrying and that's something even before the, any of this happened had occurred where we would stay married, again, being that we wouldn't be getting married again. Okay. That so she had military. You're in the military or she's in the military? I'm in the military. Okay. And so there's some benefits that she gets by remaining married to you. Yes, it provides health care if anything happens to her. There's mm-hmm. a life insurance policy that goes to my son. There's just benefits that make it ideal for us to stay married, even I as I go. If I may ask, my friend, what branch of the military are you in? Army. Army, okay. Are you going to be around for a while, or are you going to soon be deployed? I'm currently making a transition so that the custody or me being able to see my son doesn't get affected. Okay, good. Then I want to make a a gift to you if you're willing to take it. And I'm doing this out of appreciation for you serving our country. And I do appreciate a man wanting to be around his son. Are you familiar with our online course at all? Yes. Right now I'm waiting for the funds to become available so that I could take the course. Okay, I want to give you that. Will you let me do that? Will you allow me I'm to sorry, give you, you the online? Will you allow me to give you a gift of the online course? I would appreciate that. I wouldn't be able to thank you enough, sir. All right, I want to do that. We're going to put you back on hold. Hang on, and we'll make sure. Uh, I hope we don't lose you. If we lose you, do you have our number to call us back? I don't mean this um, number. I don't mean the program I've, number. I mean, okay, I'm going to give the office number in just a minute, okay? And so when we when the program's over, if you'll call back to the office and say, I'm, I'm the Army guy that Dr. Beam said he would give the online course to, you call back. We know that your first name is Joseph. When you call back, I'll make sure that we get the information, and I'm going to make a gift of that course to you if you'll allow me to do so, okay? Thank you, sir. You're very welcome, Joseph, and we want to help any way we can, okay? Thank you. You take you okay, thank you. All right, Amber. Um our telephone number, by the way, and it may have been on the screen already, forgive me if, if uh, I'm giving you a number that hasn't been up. Our telephone number here is six one five four seven oh well there's the toll free number. Let's use that one. Eight six six nine zero three zero nine nine zero. That's eight six six nine oh three zero nine nine zero. You can call and talk to people like Amber, who's one of our client representatives, and we'll we'll help you that remember they're not the crisis hotline. These are people that will listen and help you know about what we have that could help you uh, with whatever situation it is that you're facing. Uh, You can call and ask for Amber if you wish. As you can see, she's beautiful, so people love to talk to her. We have other client reps who are awesome people as well. And we have an online course that's about to come open in our two-week slot if you want to ask about that. We have um, coaching that's available if you need more. And then we have our online work, uh, not online, I'm sorry, our in-person face-to-face workshop. Okay, we have a bunch of other things here. I'll just mention very quickly. Go to YouTube slash Marriage Helper, and you can find a lot of our free videos there. If you go to Google Play or iTunes, look for Marriage Radio or or Marriage Helper, 
You can find tons of more free blogs and things there. We would love to have you contact us. We want to help any way we can. What else, Amber? Um, if you just want to go basically to the website, marriagehelper.com, there's a form. If you have not called our office or reached out to us or spoke to me, Aaron, Mark, just fill out a quick form, and we'll get back to you at our earliest convenience, and, and we want to find out more about your situation. If, if you don't pick up the phone and if you don't talk to us, we don't, we don't know how to help. Um, this is not a one-quick fix where we just send something to you. We want to talk to you on the phone to understand because there's certain questions and certain content that we have to that we have mm-hmm. to have to be able to help. And then, of course, as Dr. Beam mentioned, uh, again, um, our phone number, our direct line, which is 866-903-0990. Mm-hmm. We have several client representatives. They are not the ones who answer the phone, but you'll be referred to one of them, and we'll be glad to help. Thank you for calling. Thank you for being part of this program. Sorry for the earlier technological glitch. And we'll see you next Monday. Take care.